on into the Tony Parks podcast. Thanks so much for being a part of the show here today. The Utah Jazz even out the series against the Denver Nuggets. It's now one apiece after they win 124 to 105 in the bubble there in Orlando. Donovan Mitchell, fabulous once again. The three ball falling like crazy at times and moments where they were missing those in some of game one, and they get the split through the first two games. Thanks, as always, for being a part of the Tony Parks podcast. Uh, You can follow the show on all forms of social media at Tony Parks 801. Uh, Of course, you can email me, TonyParks801 at gmail.com. And last but not least, you can always check it out right here at the Utah Podcast Network. All right, I'm going to get right to it. Utah had their weaknesses involving injury and being without Conley for the start of the series, but weakness for Denver is even bigger. And I said it at the uh, last episode that we had, uh, that weakness is what is going to decide the series. Weakness will decide the series, not strength. Now, that's not a slight to Utah, who took advantage of the weakness of Denver, but Denver's weakness is the bigger one, and it was the one that got exploited the most in Game 1 and in Game 2. It just so happens they weren't able to come up with some of the heroic shots and do some of the things they did in Game 1 to survive. That weakness for Denver, they suck at defense. Flat out suck at defense. They've been the worst in the league since the start of the uh, restart, if you will. And they showed it again today. The Jazz just rolled with ease at times offensively, and Denver did very little to get in the way of that. Now, of course the Jazz hitting shots was a really big part of that. And man, did they light it up at times. I mean, they, they really got it rolling Um, They would go on runs where it felt like they'd hit three or four in a row, and you could just feel it punching Denver down and down and down. Uh, That third quarter was spectacular, 43 points in that third. And, of course, Donovan Mitchell got going, too. He ended up with a total of 30 points on the day. He was a plus 23. Ingles was a plus 31 as he had 18 points. He was four of nine from distance. O'Neal, three of four from distance. Uh, They were able to get some of the spark off the bench from a guy like Clarkson, who was four of nine a plus 22, and 26 points. But the biggest part of that is, okay, Utah played exceptionally well. Quinn is the positive reason why I liked Utah to win this series. And the reason why I liked Utah to win this series and Quinn being a part of that was because Quinn's teams, when it comes to this setting, can really dial in on the habits that come away with wins. And the Denver Nuggets have very much so in the recent years had a real problem when it comes to these kinds of habits. I mean, it's, it's like anything else out there. If you have a bad habit and you're getting away with it, it's really hard for you to understand why it's a bad habit and that it's eventually going to cost you. And that's what's about to happen for the Denver Nuggets. You know, what, uh, two years ago, they missed the playoffs. Uh, they were barely in. The Jazz were barely out there for uh, a moment in the standings, and everybody kept wondering if Utah was going to catch Denver, and I said, yeah, because Denver's awful on defense, and the Jazz are great on defense. That'll carry through. Now, I didn't think the Jazz would go 29-6 and the rest of the way, but the point that I'm getting at is Denver's weakness was never going to allow that team to reach uh, some of the heights that they wanted to reach. So then Denver got more talent, which was great, and the next year they said, that's it. We're putting putting focus on defense. That is what we're going to do. And they went out there and they were the number two defense in the NBA for the first month and a half. And then they fell off drastically. It was like they did just enough to get people off their back about the defense thing. And then they just fell off. Now, here's what's crazy. They kept winning. 
Like, they kept winning even though they decided defense wasn't their thing. So as they kept winning, and they weren't playing defense, they never thought it was going to come back and get them. Well, they weren't able to reach, you know, the heights they wanted to reach last year. Then this year, they come back and they say, that's it, defense again, we're going to put our focus on it. But the first month and a half of this season, number one on defense in the entire league, and then fell off again. And then in the restart, 22nd, or uh, 22 out of 22. That's where they landed. Dead last. DFL. Not good. And so with Denver being at that point, you know, it's not like you're just going to bounce right up and suddenly become a top five type defense or top 10. You've already gotten away with so many of the bad habits that you're not going to change them until they cost you. Well, in a series with an offensive genius like Quinn Snyder and a team that will take advantage of all of your mental uh, lapses on the defensive side, you're dead. You're dead. This is why I picked Utah to win the series. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's what Quinn did to Oklahoma City two years ago. It's what Quinn did to the Clippers three years ago. You know, now, oh, now the series Quinn Snyder's lost in the postseason, he wasn't the better team. I mean, th- there was a huge gap in firepower. There's not a huge gap in firepower with this Nuggets team. I mean, they're good. This is a really good team. But they have a weakness that is so glaring, and a guy like Quinn Snyder and that entire staff, they're going to exploit it. And they exploited it in game one, and Denver got very, very lucky to win that game. Hit some big step-back, hand-in-the-face threes. You know what I mean? The eight-second call against Donovan Mitchell. You know, stuff like that. And if the Jazz have their, you know, usual point guard, that's a mistake that probably doesn't get made. Not making excuses for Donovan. Like, that was, that was a critical error. But the Jazz were right there on the brink of putting that thing away, and it was a self-inflicted wound by them that opened the door for some very tough shots that Denver hit. You, you can't survive like that in a postseason series. So they get away with it in game one. They come out in game two, and you could feel it at the end of the second quarter. I thought to myself, towards the end of the second quarter, you know what? The Jazz are about ready to take off on them. I mean, they, they, the Nuggets just, you know, they were up against the ropes there at the bell. And then the third quarter happens, and the Jazz just punch them right in the face and knock them down, knock them down, knock them down. And, and Denver's only answer is, okay, maybe we can just come back and start hitting so many shots that we'll get our way back in the game. And you could see on the defensive end, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. So the Utah Jazz even up the series one game apiece. They are in a fantastic spot. They are playing with great force, great focus, great energy, great attention to detail. Uh, I think the every other day thing with no travel is a huge benefit to Utah. Uh, They are going to get Mike Conley back uh, in this series, um, which is going to be enormous. And the other thing, they're going to keep getting open look threes. Like that's one thing that's going to stay the same in the entire series. They are going to keep getting open looks from three. In game one, they handled them on the boards. They got great open looks from three. They got a lot of different things. Didn't hit as many as they won. I think they were 34% from three, and today they were, you know, 45.5. So in this series, certain things are going to change. Maybe some shots fall. Maybe some shots don't. Um, you know, maybe Murray goes off in another game, or, or a guy like Michael Porter Jr. goes off, okay, and Denver wins a game. Maybe the Jazz... Uh, randomly have an issue with taking care of the ball again like they have at earlier times. By the way, 
the team that was the worst at taking care of the ball at one point in the restart, the Jazz, six turnovers today. That's it. That's it. So weird things are going to kind of come and go in this series, but there's a few things that are going to stay the same. And those happen to be Utah operating their offense really well, good spacing, good pacing, good ball movement, and good open-look threes. And the second thing, Denver sucking on defense, being awful on defense, lost on defense at times. You know, they're talking about it on the broadcast there on TNT, about, oh, this is about effort, and it's about, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, that's part of it. But you don't have the habits to mentally process what you're doing out there to suddenly be like, that's it, guys, let's dial in. You can go out there and try all you want. Your habits are terrible. So the effort can go up, but as long as the habits are really bad, Denver's poor defense is going to stay there. It's going to stay there. So when they say, well, defense travels, well, yeah, it also travels in a negative way too because you don't just flip that switch the way I think that they were going to. Uh, The Jazz with just six turnovers on the game, as I mentioned, that is fantastic. Uh, They do lose on the rebound game, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they didn't miss many shots. I mean, they shot incredibly well. You know, 52% from the field, 46% from three. I mean, they, they rolled it up, and actually, you know, they win by 19. It could have and maybe should have been a heck of a lot worse. A heck of a lot worse. And Denver, gosh, Denver shot 48% from three. You know, so they go out there and have a good shooting game from beyond the arc. They do some things fairly well. They got 13 boards. But their big weakness is going to come back to hurt them far more. And the Jazz are going to keep taking advantage of it. Great work by Quinn Snyder and the crew. I thought they had a great game plan for game one. And they just ended up not winning the game uh, when they had a chance to, to take it. And now they end up taking game two. And I don't think the Jazz are going to win the next three. You know, this could be a 2-2 series after four. But what you saw today over seven games is going to decide the series. It's going to decide it. And so Denver may get away with another bad defensive game. Maybe the Jazz uh, have a tough time shooting in game four or something like that. Okay. But it's not going to happen three of the next five times. And so that's why I picked the Utah Jazz to win the series. So Utah had their ups and downs defensively through the year, but it was obvious they could get back to some of the habits that made them at least a decent to good defensive team. You know, first month and a half, they were seventh. Next month and a half, 11th. They dropped to 29th in a 30-day span. But right before the suspension of play, I want to say that they were starting to really trend the right direction. I want to say, how I forget exactly where they ranked, but I remember thinking, okay, there's some encouraging signs. They actually were winning some more games, and... Uh, the defense was starting to look a little bit better. So that's all positive. That's all great stuff. The Jazz can get back to that. And the Jazz, I'm, I'm not going to label them as a contender necessarily because we'll see what they do against, say, other teams maybe in the future of this postseason. But th- this is a, a postseason series involving two teams that are on the outside, barely on the outside looking in of contender status. But what makes them on the outside, those are two very different things. Very, very different things. Um, so like I said before, Quinn did the same thing to the Thunder in 18. He did the same thing to the Clippers in 17. Jerry Sloan did the same thing to the Nuggets back in 2010. So Utah's strength is obvious and they flexed it big time in game two. They'll win the series, 
And Denver's weakness will be equally as big of a reason why. Thanks so much for listening to the Tony Parks Podcast. I appreciate you uh, for making us a part of your day. I'll try to uh, be here as much as possible after games and stuff. I have a lot of other things going on. And so trying to constantly make sure that uh, I'm able to connect with all of you and uh, have great sports conversations. Uh, As always, email me, TonyParks801 at gmail.com. Love your feedback on Twitter. Love all the kind words, by the way, from so many of you that have been supporting the podcast uh, at TonyParks801 on all forms of social media. And as always, you can catch the Tony Parks podcast right here on the Utah Podcast Network.